We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Of MMQB, it is the great Albert Breer. Albert, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. It's been a surreal week, not just because of New yeah. Year's, not just because of the DeMar Hamlin situation, but it's the end of the regular season in football. We're 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 rounding um, home on the college football season. Like it's just been a weird week. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Saturday night was kind of tough, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I honestly like I, I. It's it's strange to me, like just going through like that last weekend because that's been the last weekend of the NFL season forever. You know what I mean? Like, and now having this extra week was really strange last year. It's not as strange this year, but like the 17th, like there's just something awkward about, you know, the extra week in the NFL season. And so, so yeah, there's that. And obviously, um, you know, horrible watching what happened on Monday night. I mean, I, I, I don't know, Dustin, like I can't imagine what for a guy who played on those fields. Oh, came that fun, it know? was I mean, uh, it's just really, it was one of the tougher things I've had to witness. And what made it even tougher is I'm sitting there next to my son wearing his Josh Allen jersey. We're watching the Bills game, just enjoying it. And he has to ask me, Daddy, why are the players crying? And the, yeah. those are tough moments. This, my my son played football for the first time this year. And it's like, this is like a real situation that I think a lot of dads and moms out there had to explain to their kids. And um, and not even that, um, as much as just like being an ex-player and like knowing what those guys are going through. I can't imagine what they were going through. Yeah, my, my son was interesting. My, my my oldest, he loves football and he's asking to play tackle for the first time next year and all that. Like and he um he's second grader and uh yeah, he he asked me who won um on Tuesday morning, which what he normally does, you know, because he goes to bed before the game ends and you know, I, I, I said, Well, you know, buddy, like they had to call the game off and then, you know, he's I uh you know, he saw something I think on the news. And, um, you know, I, I tried to like not show it to him, you know, but he'd seen something on TV at some point. I said, where do you see that on the news? And he's like, why did they, like, like why did they need the ambulance out there? And it's just like, how do you explain that to an eight year old? You know, it's just, so, you know, I, I obviously a really, a really, really, really difficult situation. And I, I, you know, the Bills players, the Bengals players are standing right there. Somebody brought up a great point. which I hadn't thought of this, but this is the other day, somebody was down there on the field, um, you know, said to me like, you know, it's it's interesting because the Bills players um, that were all out there surrounding Demar, um, they did a lot to support Demar and, and being there, right? Like, and then they also shielded um, the, the the audience, like most of the people in the stadium and everybody watching on TV, from seeing what was going on with Hamlin on the field. The flip side of this that of that is that they all really witnessed up close what was going on, and that's what's so traumatizing about it. Is like. You know, we didn't. I think it was tough for everybody to watch. Can you imagine being one of those Bills players, um, having watched that happening to your teammate? You know, mm-hmm. where they have an, a- an AED out there and they have um, the, you know, they, they're performing CPR. It's just like it's gutting to even think about it. And that's not that's before even getting to what it must be like for Hamlin and his family. Albert, not not to make this uh, too much about football here, given the the gravity of what we're talking about, but do you think the NFL feels a sense of urgency to get 
the the Bills Bengals game in or more just to land the regular season plane as scheduled? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to I, I think it's hard because I think until I think one of the things most difficult about this and again, like I defer to Dustin on this a guy who played, you know, but I you know, I think like what's really hard about this right now for the Bills players is the uncertainty, you know. Um and I think if there was like more of a prognosis on where this was going, whether it's good or bad, it's a little easier to reckon with, right? Like so if you know like you know, what he's going to be dealing with over the next couple of years, it may be awful, but at least, you know, um, you know, while he's there and sedated and we don't know, we don't, we, we, we may not know for a few days, like which way this is probably going. Um, I, it's very, very, very difficult. You know, I think for the bills players to reckon with it. So when the league goes to the bills on it, like, and, the, and they're asking the bills, like, Hey, what's best for you? Like right now, the answer is I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I think I think that'd be their answers. Like they don't know, you know, because they uh, they're all still trying to to deal with it. So I think that's number one. You know, like is 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 trying to make sure you're supporting the Bills and supporting um, Demar Hamlin's family and and doing everything out of respect to them. Um, you know, but obviously it creates like a huge issue as far as seating and records, which is secondary again to everything else going on. But it is something that you're going to have to deal with at some point. So, um, I mean, look, like right now, if the Chiefs look at look like the biggest benefit beneficiary of all this, right? Because the Chiefs didn't control their destiny as far as it goes, as far as the one seed goes. Now they do. If this was a no contest, right? And the Chiefs wouldn't be able to fall below number two, right? Like, and um, that wasn't the case before Monday. Like the the Bengals could have overtaken them for the two seed. So the Chiefs right now have a clear shot at one. And, um, you know, would have certainty if it's no contest, would have certainty that, um, that, that they would have a, a home game in the divisional playoffs if they advance. So they benefit. So what's the Chiefs' involvement in, in this? Um, you know, there's that. There's the idea of maybe you could create a week 19 and, you know, have the Bills and, 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 and Bengals play a week from Sunday and then start the playoffs a week late and eliminate the Super Bowl bye week. But that would create inequities too, because then everybody except the Bills and Bengals would basically have a buy. Um, there's no easy way to do it is the answer. There's no easy way to do it. And like someone is going to get the wrong end of whatever they decide to do. And I guess sort of, you know, what they've got to work through over the next few days. But it does seem like the, it does seem like the likely conclusion right now is they're going to play week 18 as scheduled. Um, and then what they do after that, I think is really the question. Albert, here's my question. And, and then we'll move on to some real football talk. Is there anything that could deter, or not deter, de- derail this weekend's games, this slate of games from being played? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I, my, my guess would, and now, you know, and again, like everybody's processing this differently. Like I think different players handle these things differently. And unfortunately, and again, like Dustin, this is something that I would defer to you on, like, um, this is unfortunately something that like all football players have to process, right? Like, and they've had to process in the past. And you think about this, like, I, like I didn't even think about this until, you know, earlier today, like those Bengals players were on the field for Tua earlier in the season. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so like, and, and I, and I don't know how many people have really talked about that, but like these guys have seen two pretty, pretty traumatizing things on that field, you know, over the last three months. And um, so like, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, unfortunately, players have to deal with these things, and 
I think these guys have their own ways of dealing with these things. This is different, of course, but, um, you know, I do think, you know, at the very least, I, my, my guess would be 15 of the 16 games get played on time this weekend with the one that'd be up in the air a little bit would be Bill's Patriots and, um, you know, how that gets played, when that gets played. I think it's all in all likelihood it's still going to be at 1 p.m. on Sunday, but I don't think that that's certain right now. Albert, uh, if the Browns beat the Steelers on Sunday, they will have played uh, spoilers to both the Steelers and Commanders. They will have won three of their last four games, and math is so damn hard, four of their last six games. Do you think that kind of momentum at the end of the season could be enough to to slow any thoughts about uh, changes the Browns could make on their coaching staff or uh, firing Paul DePodesta? Sorry. How to get that <laughs> in there. That, that last one, is that last one what you're rooting for? <laughs> I, I mean, rooting, actively, plotting, I don't know, however you want to say it. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I always think these things can affect things. I don't think Kevin's in trouble. Um, but, like, I do think there's going to be a lot of discussion about what they look like schematically, and I think this is going to be across the board after the year. Um, I'm not sure that the way that they've played offense over the first – two and a half years of, of Kevin Stefanski being Brown's coach is going to look exactly the same next year. Um, I, I think one of the things that they've learned, um, you know, over the last few weeks with Deshaun in there at quarterback is that there's probably a better way to play him than the way that they've played him. Um, you know, in, in, in the conventional like Shanahan Kubiak style offense that they've been running him out there in. And so, I think there's going to be some discussion about what they do scheme-wise on offense, and I think ultimately that winds up, you know, like leading to another discussion about what they want to do scheme-wise on defense and whether or not Joe Woods has done enough. So I think that this is going to be more of a global conversation about where they are with their schemes on offense and defense. And I think, you know, on offense, it, it leads to do we need to bring somebody else in um, to supplement the coaching staff to build an offense for Deshaun, because I think that's going to be a lot of what this offseason about is going to be building an offense for Deshaun. And you guys have seen him like he plays pretty well in those two minute situations. So you, you've seen them put some good stuff on tape in that regard. Um, you know, and then on defense, I think it's going to be uh, like a, di- di- uh, a discussion on another level where it's like who's actually running the defense. Albert, just looking at, at Pittsburgh here for a moment, and obviously we know what they're playing for this weekend. They've got, got an opportunity to get into the postseason. I'm curious, what do people think about Kenny Pickett and, in Pittsburgh and obviously Mike Tomlin in his, uh, his future in Pittsburgh? I don't know, man. Like That lead, that, that, that throw he made at the end of the game there, uh, Dustin, <laughs> like, hey, you look pretty good to me on that sort of Najee Harris. Pretty damn um, good. I agree. Yeah, and, and like then leading them back against the Raiders, the throw he made at George Pickens. Um, you know, I think there's reason for belief in Kenny Pickett. Like I, I, I do think um, you know one of the things that really helped Pickett, uh, you know, going into the draft last year was the success Mac Jones had in um, in New England, and that like I think they're both like somewhat physically limited. Now I think Pickett is probably a little more physically gifted than Mac Jones, but maybe doesn't have quite the football. They're both smart, but I think doesn't maybe have quite the football IQ that Matt Jones has. Um, but I think there's a way you can win with those guys. But the key is, is like what you're putting around him. And I think that's sort of what we've seen this year, right? Like is, Ken, is Kenny Pickett ever going to be able to carry a team the way that Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or, um, or, or Patrick Mahomes have the capacity to carry a team? Maybe not. 
but I think he can be a really good quarterback if you put the right right pieces around him, which is I think sort of how New England sees Mac now. Um, yeah, as for Tomlin, I I still think like there may come a day um, in the next few years where let's just say like the coaching salary is going to the twenty million dollar range, right? Like let's say Sean Payton gets paid, let's say Sean McVay walks away. Is there a point where it's like? They look at, like, and I think that this is potentially, because I think Mike Tomlin's safe and he's done a really good job this year. I don't think there's any talk of him being fired. But, like, could there come a point in the next couple of years where maybe his agent says to the team, you know what, like, it's time for him to get paid in the 15, 20, 25 million dollar a year range. And if you're not willing to do it, like, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for us to have that natural separation. And maybe it's time for, you know, Mike to go somewhere else where they're willing to pay him in that, in that, in that, in that, you know, like tax bracket, so to speak. I think that's certainly possible. Um, you know, I, I, I think there was a potential last year that the Raiders could have, you know, kicked tires on that and that didn't wind up happening. But you know, I think there was the potential for that in October and November last year after they fired Gruden. Um, you know, the Panthers, like you would the Panthers uh, take a big swing and try to get Mike Tomlin out of there. Um, because, you know, obviously David Tepper was a minority owner with the Steelers. Yeah, I think that, like, if we're looking long-term at, like, how the exit of Mike Tomlin from Pittsburgh could happen, I mean, of course he could decide, like, I want to walk away and take a couple-year break from the game, but I also think the idea of an eventual coach trade um, would certainly be on the table for somebody like Mike Tomlin if, if he had the desire to go get paid at the top of the market when it comes to coaches. Albert, the, if you just look at the box score, the stats for Deshaun Watson are, are not uh, great. I mean, even this last yeah. year, uh, this last game, he had three touchdowns, but he only uh, completed 50% of his passes, 18 passes. Do you think that there's any concern in the Browns organization that Deshaun, given what we've seen through five games, is never able to, to, to go back to vintage Deshaun level? No, I, you know, here's what I would tell you. I mean, I think it goes back to what I just said there, Nick. Like, I, I, I think that there's learning going on on Deshaun Watson, and I think there's learning that's going to be really valuable and learning how they use him as a quarterback. And, you know, I, I, I know, like, Billy O'Brien, when he had him, um, they weren't running the Tom Brady doing on offense, you know? Um, and nor should they have been, you know, they, and I think this is really a credit to O'Brien. Like he went there and he deconstructed the offense and he said, you know, we're going to do things. We, we drafted this guy. It makes us, it makes sense for us to invest in him like in every single way. And that includes scheme. And so, you know, they went and they learned about some of the stuff that he did well at Clemson and they, 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 they put spread elements in and they got him playing fast, you know? And I think that that's the key here is, He's a really, really football smart guy, Deshaun is. Uh, but, like, you know, is do you want to be playing him the way that that style of offense, you know, utilizes the quarterback? I'm, I'm not sure that, like, what you've seen over the last few weeks, that answer would be yes. And so I, I think what they've learned about Deshaun now is, like, it's best to use him creatively. It's best to use his life as a weapon. It's best to get him playing fast and getting him, get him out there in, 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 in more spread looks where he can use the field and he can, or he can see the whole field and he can use the whole field and play him less with his back to the ball. You know, I think all that stuff 
is stuff that the, that the Browns have probably gathered over the next last month and a half. And I think that'll be valuable in building an offense for him next year. Albert, great stuff, man. We, we appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the final week of the regular season. Next week, we'll be talking playoffs, bud. All right. Thanks guys. And, and by the way, I, uh, I think that, I think we found out who the number two team in the country is on Saturday. Didn't we? That was for Keith. Ah, oh, look at that. Too soon to anybody. <laughs> about those horn frogs. Look at that. Uh, great stuff with Albert Breer there. I don't love that I hear that Kevin Stefanski and um, the Browns are going to have to revisit how they use Deshaun Watson after six games with him in the regular season. Like, wasn't that the whole point about the meeting of minds, right? Deshaun and Kevin sat down. They talked. They just talked football. It was like a football bromance. That was like the selling point for him to come to Cleveland. So who who overplayed their hand? I mean, does that not concern you more? Because I have no concerns long-term that the Browns are going to figure it out with Deshaun. When you have $230 million on the table on something and you've given up three first-round picks, amongst other things, you're going to get it right. (laughs) Like... The pressure to get it right is is considerable, but if at the end of the year, the Browns are saying to themselves, man, I don't think we used Deshaun right. How is that not fireable? You've got four years of tape on this guy in the NFL. You know everything, not just that, you have his college tape too to look at if you want to, to try to figure out what this guy's strengths and weaknesses are. There's no secret to who Deshaun is. So like, it, like the, the part of it, when I first heard him talk about you know, we got to look at schematics. And how, to me, the first time I heard it, I thought he was talking Joe Woods. All right, did we do everything we could schematically to make the Browns' defense the best that it is? And I would argue no. And 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 to me, it's simply about watch the tape. This is a this is a defense that is built off of speed, and they weren't able to play fast. That's not about you don't have good defensive tackles. I'm talking about guys getting out of their set, guys flying to the ball. Things that we saw last year, even when they weren't good early in the season, Mm -hmm. we still saw them play fast. It's just they weren't playing well. I think that's something schematically. All right. Did we do what? Was it simplified enough? Did did it fit uh, the guys that we actually have? Those are all things that are fair defensively. We're going to have to have a schematics conversation on offense? Because what that hmm. tells me is that tells me that they don't think the reason he struggled is simply because of rust. And how is that not the single biggest case of telling on yourself in the NFL? Kind of is. I mean, that's like what I've listened to it a couple times now. Obviously, we listened, we heard it. He said it twice in real time. We just listened to it there. Can the Browns even admit that publicly? I mean, I know Kevin Stefanski is king of the hollow. I got to coach better. So even if he does say it, I'm not sure anybody's. We're going to know if it's a coach, wishy-washy coach speak or not. I I got to be honest with you, that one. Did not make me feel great with a week to go. And again, I'm not saying fire Kevin Stefanski. It's fire Paul D. Podesta and fire Joe Woods. But if I'm Jimmy Haslam, and I hear. These smart jabronis come into my office and say, candidly, we got to use Deshaun better. You're not a rookie head coach. You're not. 
I mean, I, I, I'm like dumbfounded that this is a conversation five, five games into the Deshaun Watson era. Okay, so that's pretty concerning, right? I think it's the most concerning thing you could have said to me. So when you heard that, does that change your mind on where things are going in the next two weeks? No, but it puts a lot of doubt in my head. 216-578-0092. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.